how effective are your public relations skills? Have you heard the PR term, but you're not exactly sure what it entails? Today's episode will satisfy your public relation questions and more. Stick around. Your best writing life begins in 30 seconds. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Welcome to Your Best Writing Life, an extension of the Blue Ridge Mountains Christian Writers Conference held in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina. I'm your host, Linda Goldfarb, and each week I bring you tips and strategies from experts in the writing and publishing industry to help you excel in your craft. I am so very glad that you're listening in. During this episode, you'll learn some PR secrets and slam dunks for writers. My industry expert is Julie Bond-Blank. When Julie is not writing, she designs websites, works at Arms, Abuse Recovery Ministry Services, and loves to walk the beach. She is a certified domestic abuse advocate in Oregon and an expert in domestic violence. She facilitates the Washington County Survivor Voices Committee and provides training in abuse, as well as on many marketing and writing topics. She also facilitates an online encouragement, prayer, and critique group, North Coast Christian Writers. Julie Bond-Blank, welcome to Your Best Writing Life. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. I have kept up with you and your episodes, and I just listened to the one with uh, Molly Joe on social media and enjoyed that. So thank you for bringing this service to people. It's so important. I'm honored to do it, especially because I get to, I get to interview people like you, that <laughs> you love what you do and you share it with abandon because it's all about helping those in the kingdom do what they were designed to do by God. And if they're writing we want them to write the best that they can. And part of that is public relations. I'm glad that you're here. You're going to shine some light in this arena and maybe bring some clarity to the minds of our listeners that will help them in understanding the importance of public relations, what it can do for them. And maybe there's some things that they might be able to do themselves. PR secrets and slam dunks for writers. Let's begin. What exactly is public relations? So public relations is a term that encompasses everything that you appear to be in public. It's your reputation, which is maybe, you know, physical, mental, emotional reputation, in-person reputation, as well as online. It is your reviews online. It is how people perceive you. And so companies for a long time now, and even celebrities and people have really worked on their PR to have a good image that's given to people. In our kingdom work, it is especially uh, important to recognize that we are being scrutinized a little more carefully out there uh, than non-believers. And so I believe that PR is a very important component in the kingdom work to both spreading the word, managing reputations, and therefore, you know, also, you know, in the end, winning souls and growing the kingdom. 
Hmm. I'm glad that you said it exactly the way it is. It's managing reputation. And Mm -hmm. isn't that a huge thing right now? When we put ourselves out there as writers, you get a book published, you're on interviews, people are going to recognize you and what you are doing at that time or how you are filtered, it makes a big difference. So having someone in the public relations industry coming alongside, I can see that as extremely important. And what maybe our listeners aren't quite sure of is what level of writing does one have to be at in order to consider public relations? So first of all, understand that PR is happening, whether you are, you know, whether you're the one instigating it or not. Um, There Mm. can be negative PR and positive PR. And there is a a, you know, a frame of thought, especially in the celebrity, you know, field in Hollywood, that negative PR is better than no PR at all. And mm. I would say for, you know, for a Christian, for a believer, it doesn't necessarily work that way. But whether you like it or not, and whether you have uh, put time into it or money into it, or even thought about it, PR is a part of your life, as long as you have work that's in the public arena, such as a book or a service that you're selling. And so the ability to manage that is extremely important. So that being the case, I would say that PR is always important. And even if you are to a point in your writing life where you've not started publishing yet, and maybe you're just beginning and you're just feeling called and you're just starting to go to writers conferences and get online with the writers groups and and you want to learn more, it is not too early to start managing your reputation and to help get the word out for who you really are and who you really do represent, which is, of course, Christ, you know, in the kingdom. So it can happen anytime, anywhere. If you haven't started yet, it's not something that I tell people don't don't panic about because it's never it's never too late to start it. But there's also no time that's too early to be in PR. And I appreciate that you are giving us that Um, frame of reference. Because when you start, it's almost like when your book is published, it's, you're almost behind the curve. You need to be preparing for when it does come out and how you are going to be perceived and how you are going to present yourself, what you need to look at that could be a negative, could be a positive. I'll, I'll tell you, Julie, I, for 10 years, I had my own radio talk show out of the Mm -hmm. San Antonio area, and it was a syndicated show. It was called Not Just Talking the Talk. And one day I was in Dillard's. I don't know if everyone has any more Dillard's or if they're gone now, but I was (laughs) was in a retail store. And when I made it up to the register, the young lady, the cashier asked me a question and I started talking to her and I answered her question. And then from way back in the line, I heard someone go, oh, oh. And I thought, wow, someone's having a problem. I turned around and I looked and there was a woman there and she pointed at me and she goes, you're, you're somebody. (laughs) (laughs) And I just, I just, I, I turned around to see who she was pointing at. And I was like, I turned and I looked at her and I said, are you talking to me? And she goes, I am (laughs) right. And she says, you're on the radio and you do this. And I was like, I'm in a store. Never (laughs) even thought about that. Never even Mm -hmm. crossed my mind 
what would have happened if I had been really rude to that cashier? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, what, what would have happened if, oh, I think so many things came to my mind that someone is always watching, someone is always listening. And Mm -hmm. when we are in the business of writing, speaking, interviewing, public relations is huge. And Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm glad that you said, hey, it's never too early. It's Mm -hmm. always to be aware of it. Mm -hmm. Now, what is, and I'd like you to describe a little bit of what the PR services are that are available to us. And I know that we can have online PR or we can have printable PR. I know there's a value of both. If you would share with us examples of what that would look like and if you prefer one over the other. Sure. And I would even uh, suffice to say your question is great, but I would even uh, reword that to say online PR versus traditional okay. PR, uh, because traditional PR is actually um, a mode of several. It's not just in print PR. It's speaking engagements. You know, it's things that they may have done more in the old days to, quote unquote, uh, sell books. Now, it can include print like postcard mailings or direct mail. Uh, although those aren't ones I would, you know, recommend at this point, they don't tend to pay off. And there is, you know, there is a train of thought that online PR is completely taken over traditional PR. But mm-hmm. I have sold more books because I have added traditional PR tactics into my marketing strategy, as well as the online online PR. And so I think it's important to remember the, that although online is um, up and coming and it has taken over the world, especially in the publishing industry and in the print industry, that some traditional PR methods uh, can can actually benefit you and make you stand out a little bit more than your competitors who are fully focused online. Now, that being said, your online PR is probably what's going to bring you the most result and the most benefit depending on the age group that you're, you're seeking. And so I, you know, when I work with people, I really, we really pin down their core audience, you know, who their book is speaking to, you know, and we, and we get pretty specific, you know, it's not just, it's not just women 30 to 60 as an example, right? It's women 30 to 60 who have kids who live in America, suburbia, or maybe live in China or whatever the case might be. And pin that down as much as we can. And then in a PR situation, you are going to where your audience already gathers because it's it's much like holding an event, right? You can rent out a hall and you can have (laughs) 2000 seats and you can advertise, 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 you know, print and online and and maybe have 20 people show up. And, you know, that that is not good result, good bang for your buck, so to speak. That's not good results. It is best to. Um, in an event situation to team up with an organization or people that are already drawing the people and joining in with them versus building yours from the ground up, unless you're a best-selling author that, you know, gets recognized as you're walking through the airport. So online PR is everything from reviews to running ads to your online um, reputation and the search engines, if you look it up, we'll call it reputation management. And there are PR people that just do reputation management. And that's more important for the stars and big companies than it is for us. But 
you know, here, here's an example, you know, Huggies had a situation um, a few years ago. It wasn't too long, just a few years ago. And they have a very large, you know, they, they do diapers at a very large following of moms on all their platforms. And over the weekend, something had occurred and I don't remember what it was, but they got um, boycotted basically. And nobody was paying attention to their social media. And over the weekend, it went absolutely viral. And and literally, mm. when they came back to their desks on Monday morning, they had thousands of emails and thousands of people online saying, you know, we won't buy this brand of diapers anymore, blah, blah, blah. Um, and they had mom influencers that were backing it. And it just blew up in their faces. And they immediately had to issue an apology letter. Um, and I have to tell you, it's much easier to manage it all along versus making up <laughs> for yes. it later. And that's all it would have taken is somebody, you know, I'm sure they have that now, somebody over the weekend, you know, having, having to manage that and counteract. And that's, that's part of what you see when you have companies that come on the news, for instance, that have to issue an apology. It's um, if you see somebody speaking perhaps about a mass shooting, you know, it's always the PR person of the, usually the PR person of the police department when there's a large event because they're familiar and they know which words to say and which not to say, and they know what things can be turned around, you know, and not turned around and what is in their best interest and everybody's best interest, really, you know, how, how do you word it so that it, it works the way that you are intending it to go so that people don't take it take it backwards. So traditional PR can also be, um, it, you know, it can be regular advertising, you know, in the papers. I don't recommend that really, or in magazines, uh, postcard mailings, direct mail, which I had mentioned, you know, it used to be that it took uh, three times to get somebody's attention. So they would literally right. say, you have to send out the three, you know, the message three times before somebody moves on it. And now that's moved up to seven. And that's, that's right. been since a COVID a uh, COVID thing in particular, but now you have to get their attention seven times before they buy your book. And it's like, whoa, you know, you really can only afford to do that online. Who can afford, you know, to send 5,000 postcards seven times in a row, um, you know, to, to do that, you know, unless you're traditionally published with a large publisher who has a marketing budget to support those things and puts you in a catalog, then that's a different matter. But for most of us, that is not you know, that's not the case. And so I find that, you know, a mix is good. And I did find for a while that people were so focused on online PR that uh, those of us who added in traditional PR stood out a little bit more and have more opportunities to sell. And it reflected, you know, in our book sales, because there is still a generation out there that believes in traditional PR and will follow that versus online. Um, but you definitely need to combine the two. Don't do all traditional and no online because online is 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 the wave of the future for sure. And when we do, you had mentioned, you know, events and as as writers, as authors, we will have events that will come mm -hmm. up that we are present at. Does with PR, do you also deal with the branding and stuff like that, or is that already in place? Ideally it is already in place. Um, but I have worked with people that it's not in place and we've had to start from the branding strategy and uh, get them branded to a certain extent, because once you start, I, I think of it this way, you're pushing your brand out there with PR, right? Right. Right. So if it's not settled on, or if it's maybe, maybe doesn't draw the audience really that you're looking for, as an example, maybe you need millennials and maybe your logo and your branding and your colors works for seniors, but millennials look at it and go, eh, you know, that's not, not something I would even look at. Right. 
Right. Um, the strategy must be, you know, it's more effective to have the branding in place before you start start any PR for sure. But I don't want people also to think they have to spend a lot of money, you know, on these things. Like there's so much available online and, you know, even a simple branding package with your logo and your colors, you know, and your fonts and your designs, you know, that go out on social media and a website, you know, is going to do a lot um, to brand for your particular audience. And if you get that done, there's really a lot of PR that you can do on your own, really, that's that's even free. Uh, free to very inexpensive. In the old days, most PR was was free if you were seeking PR yourself versus paying an agency. Um, lately, I've seen that tide uh, turn just a little bit. And so you have to be really wise um, at this point in age. Here's an example. You put a book on Instagram, right? Or on Facebook, and you start following uh, people who review books. And what do you get? You're instantly going to get two or three or four messages that say, you know, I provide a review on Instagram, on Amazon, on Goodreads and blah, blah, blah. And an article and I interview you for $35. Mm. And those are things. Yes, those are things you have to look carefully about because, well, number one, you know, if Amazon finds out that you're paying for reviews, then that's a really bad thing. That's even against their, you know, against their policies. Um, And that's not the only example here. Here's another example. It used to be that. The news media outlets mostly, and the legit ones still do, would interview you as an expert for, you know, for no charge on your part. And and still there are a lot of those out there, but you also start to see a lot of paid opportunities. You know, if you want to appear on my show, you want to appear in our magazine, if you want to appear in print, you know, it's a one-time fee of, you know, $1,600 or whatever. And so, you know, as a do-it-yourselfer, those are ones to tend to avoid unless you're so convinced that the results are going to be worth it. So, you know, I, I track things for my promos. I keep a spreadsheet and I, you know, put what I, what I spend versus what I get as far as subscribers or book sales or whatever. Um, And then does that pay off? And then that tells me, is this, you know, is this applicable for my audience a, and then B for anybody who has my audience, my same audience, or is this something that doesn't work for that generation or that audience? Folks, this is something that we do need to be aware of because we can waste time, finances, Mm -hmm. and we're directing it towards those that aren't even there. Doing your due diligence, finding out who's actually listening to that show. Mm -hmm. Who, Who else, who are they interviewing on that program? What are their demographics? Who are they reaching? I used to tell people, Every interview is not necessarily the best interview for you. Mm-hmm. Just because someone invites doesn't mean that you say yes. You right. need to see, is this going to benefit the audience, number one, mm-hmm. and will there be a benefit for me? And we have to be right. aware, especially if we're doing it ourselves. Correct. And and research is so key. You know, I, I research. So here's an example. You know, speaker bureaus are now charging uh, to get you in front of people. And often their um, their gig is they'll offer you a free profile, um, but you don't get featured in anything unless you pay, right? And so as soon as you sign up for the freebie, which I do, I do, I, t- I test them out, I sign up for the freebie, I'm looking for results and I'm also contacting other people. So if I am looking to, as a platform to sell, whether that's a podcast or whether that's a show, you know, or whether that's a speaking bureau, I will email people that they have listed on the site and I'll say, how was this experience for you? 
you know, would you mind talking about it? And I emailed three people from the speaker bureau I was recently looking at who had uh, the prime, for lack of better words, prestige uh, membership and were featured in letters and things like that. And one of them said she got one gig and the other two said they hadn't received any. And so I, that was my key and, and I'll stay on there as a freebie and I'll watch and I'll see, I'll see what happens. But, um, you know, everything to me, you know, because people out there are trying to sell you and that's something to be very wary of that their program may or may not be beneficial for the audience, you know, that you're reaching. And so do, you know, do your homework, do your due diligence, research, explore, ask people, don't be afraid to ask for references and things like that when it comes to researching the opportunities. Absolutely. Ask for references. When you're hiring, you're the one that's going to be paying for it. So ask, (laughs) give me some references. You know, what's, what's the worst experience that you've had? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'm, I'm like, I would always say if you could find out worst case scenario and you can, that's okay with you, then that's what you go with. Everyone will mm-hmm. say, we cannot guarantee you anything, and mm-hmm. but we can get you on X number of shows, and you're absolutely right, Julie. If it's not the shows that's going to be where I will shine and, I, and the audience will benefit the most, yeah, I don't want to be on that. It's not good for any of us. Mm-hmm. I know that you have a few budget-sensitive tips for writers where they can maybe take the PR concept and make it a DIY. What mm-hmm. can you share with us? Well, so first of all, if you are traditionally published with a large publisher, then always work in coordination with your marketing team. Uh, but there is no reason at all why you can't run things by them, why you can't do you know, webinars and, and educate yourself and ask how you can come alongside with that, but be cautious of that. If you are small print or you're self-published, then it, it's much more open to do-it-yourself opportunities. My, you know, I'm hybrid, but my current series is on um, human trafficking, and it is self-published for a very good reason. Number one, the, I'll to be honest, it's enough detail that the Christian world is not ready for it yet. And number two is, you know, I have that marketing experience, so I wanted to be able to put in PR and marketing without, you know, going to somebody for permission when I knew that it would work. And I just mm. wanted to, you know, get it going. And so, um, and so you have more liberty, of course, with those, you know, and, and that's personal, you know, decision. And many of us these days are hybrid, you know, we are traditionally, right. traditionally published, what they call it, and self-published. So yes, I do have some free, actually, the first three I have are absolutely free for you to start looking at opportunities. And the first one is called HARO. It's H-A-R-O, and it stands for Help a Reporter Out. And this was built, boy, I think it's been about 10 years now by a guy I know named Peter. Um, And then later it got so big and huge that it was actually purchased from him from a company. But it is a free email list. And it's just, I believe it's uh, helpareporter.com. And you can sign up for email lists as a, a source. And what you're doing is you're putting yourself out there as an expert on some type of topic. And it would be great if this topic lines up with your book. And how do you do that? Um, I get that question a lot if you're writing fiction. I mean, obviously, if you're writing nonfiction, you've got expertise in that area already that you're writing on. Um, But if you're writing fiction, I encourage you to, you know, become an expert in something that you explore in your book, whether that's human trafficking or whether that's homelessness or whether that's drug addiction, to become an expert and then to start making appearances. So when you sign up for these emails, you will get 
daily digest and you can choose and these are actually reporters that are looking for sources for magazines for blogs for tv shows for news stations as well and they will flat out say and and they're not always great opportunities and you definitely have to have kind of a filter as you're going through because they're not all god honoring um, right. opportunities but you know one of them is an example you know might be um, i'm looking for um, an expert on homelessness. And I would really prefer somebody who has been homeless and is now, you know, working, you know, in the industry to end homelessness. And you're like, oh, you know, that fits me. And so you answer their query and you answer their two or three questions. They may contact you and they may not. Sometimes they just put your information in the outlet and it show you might find it on Google later on. That's happened to me before. But other times they will contact you and do a more thorough interview. And you have to, it's kind of like sales. You do have to reply to quite a bit. So I try to reply uh, to maybe two or three a day is my goal. And I get a few a week where they are able to use me as an expert in their source. And that is free PR for you. Boom, right there. You're out there on that blog or in that media and sometimes even on the large news stations, you know, and for your news, you know, that's um, that's another another tip as well, which um, I'll get to. Sometimes you have to be uh, ready at the drop of a hat. And so keep that in mind. And then the second one is, you know, podcasts are huge these days. They really are. They have been the replacement for news, a replacement for all kinds of shows that people don't necessarily watch anymore, but they listen to podcasts. I tend to get behind on them because I have too many <laughs> on my list. Right, that I try right. to up with. I'm like, ah, you know, and especially when I'm not doing as much car time because I tend to listen to them in the car. But podcasts for authors are absolutely huge. And, and every marketing professional in this industry will tell you that they're vital. And they'll even tell you, you should start your own podcast in order to grow your platform. And some do that and some don't. Um, but you can go to um, podcastguests.com. And the guy's name is Andrew, and he has started a service, and he sends out an email, and it's free every single day. And there are people listing on there um, that they need a podcast guest that can speak to this particular topic, or maybe share their story, or you know, and it can be anything. Uh, it could be lifestyle. It could be you know, being a person over forty. It could be being a millennial. It could be you know dealing with this or that you know in the world, or it could be on spirituality. There's there's a lot been a lot on faith and spirituality recently that I've been able to to reply to. And of course, Andrew has um, different levels, so you can pay to have a profile on there, which people do search. And so I haven't researched that part out yet, but I would have going forward. But for now, I do use the free list, and I get some good opportunities that I reply to. A few days a week. So that's podcastguests.com for that one. Another mode of traditional PR that's free is your news media outlets. And um, I think those have been somewhat forgotten as we've moved to more online. But usually your local news is interested when you have some kind of news that, you know, such as publishing a book, especially if it's your first one. But, you know, if you're ongoing and you're showing some success in, in sales. And so don't forget the traditional PR method of throwing together a short press release and sending it to your local news stations. You just never know. They keep them on file. And there's been times when I've sent them and I haven't heard a word, but then six months later, guess what? They're covering this certain topic. And the thing I wrote about it would be a perfect fit. And so then they call me and I'm like, absolutely, I'll appear. And those are the ones I'm talking about that you sometimes have to be available on short term. So here's an example. One of my day jobs is for ARMS. It stands for Abuse Recovery Ministry and Services. 
And we have a guy on our local news station that helps us with a fundraiser every year. And he is a reporter at the news desk. So what they famously tell you, if you connect with the reporters on social media or whatever, is we don't decide the content. That goes to the news desk and they just tell us what to say. But in this case, this was an instance of mass shootings that were increasing and they needed some professional comment. So they called us at the office because this, you know, this reporter knew us and and literally we had to be ready within an hour and a half. And they brought the van over um, and, and videotaped us right there in the office on our comments on why shootings had increased, you know, over the holidays. And so if you put them out there, be prepared. And and maybe there's some you can't make, but I would definitely encourage you to make them if at all possible uh, and to make it a good experience and to send them a thank you card afterwards and to just be available for your community because opportunities will come. Uh, more opportunities will come from that. And here's a fourth tactic, and this one's not free, but it's usually pretty low cost. And it's a lot that many people haven't even thought of. But whatever topic you have chosen to be an expert in, or it should be really a variety of topics, you should consider finding celebrities that have spoken out about that topic. In my case, it's human trafficking, domestic abuse, and sending them your book and really making it not pitch me, pitch me, pitch me, but make it a thank you. So I just sent out five to um, to celebs who have either human trafficking organizations or they work somehow in justice, um, or they've expressed an interest in that. And with a thank you card, thank you for what you've done. I appreciate you getting the word out and, and using your platform to make a change and a difference in the world. I want to send this along as my thank you. And keep going down the list. You can find their addresses to their agents and to their PR people no pun intended, <laughs> online. Um, my most recent I went to was uh, contactanycelebrity.com. And some of them are paid services, but usually you can use the site a few times first before they charge you. So you can skip around to various sites. And, you know, I sent out, I sent out five last time. I did get one back for address purposes. I did have one celeb that mentioned it on social media. And that, that was an amazing thing. Um, I give it a while and then I'll send out another group or four or five to other. And they don't just have to be like, you know, A-list, I guess they call them A-list celebs. They can be people that have, you know, made an impact that maybe you hear about in the news, but they're not necessarily on camera all the time. So and influencers, you know, as well. So those are four tips that I would recommend that are do it yourself that are either absolutely free, 100% or very, very low cost of your book plus postage to implement. Oh, this is fantastic. I would tell you with what you've just shared, all of our listeners have something to do as soon as they finish the podcast. <laughs> they all have something to do. Now, don't leave the podcast and start Googling things. Wait until we're <laughs> finished with all that we have to offer. Then get out there and you've got help a reporter out. You have podcastguest.com. You have your local news media and then contact any celebrity.com. There's something that will work for all of us. We just have to pay our due diligence. We go out there, you know, writing is not easy. Writing is not for the faint of heart and neither no. is public relations, but we have to do it and it can work on every budget. Very, very good. Absolutely. And I would even add partnerships onto that because I have found that 
you know, my novels are fiction, um, but, you know, I work in the DV industry and I have an interest in that. And I have my experience as a survivor, which really made me, you know, called to to be talking about human trafficking and domestic violence. And so I do work in the industry and I'm certified in, in all that. But you can link up with a nonprofit, even if you're writing fiction. And it can really benefit you. You can you can say 10% of my proceeds or whatever are going to go to this nonprofit, but find somebody who's willing to, you know, A, work with you and B, give you some marketing space for free. Maybe put your book on their website, maybe um, a mention in one of their monthly newsletters that goes out to thousands of people that if you purchase this book, 10% of proceeds or whatever, come back as a, you know, a fundraiser. Link up with a nonprofit because chances are, no matter what you address in your book, there is a nonprofit somewhere <laughs> for that issue. And they already have their audience. They already have their website. They already have, you know, a place for you to go where you can just fit in um, and they can welcome you and you can help each other out in that regard. And you're also being part of the community, mm-hmm. especially if it's a yeah. local partnership, right. because now you're a hometown person. And you're right. giving back to your community and everyone wants to come around someone who's participating in their hometown. And this would be a great way for that to happen. Great way. All right. What would be your most important or high value uh, PR tip for the writers? So PR isn't necessarily sales. And so I kind of wanted to differentiate that just because if you, um, you know, like you said, you just mentioned community and it's so really, it's so important. Um, and I'll give you an example too. I went and I spoke for both an in-person event for 150 women called Story Night, which was here in McMinnville, Oregon at a church. And it was a ladies event. And I told my survivor story and they also put it on their podcast. Um, and lo and behold, it was probably two months later where I got a call at the office and the lady, I said, you know, how'd you hear about us? And she goes, oh, she goes, there was this podcast. It was called Storytime. And I just kind of, I kind of went blink, blink. And I said, yeah, that, that was me that you heard on that. And she said, are you kidding me? And I said, no. And she said, I can't believe I got you on the phone. She goes, I have to tell you something. And I said, oh, I'm here. <laughs> and she literally said, she said, I didn't go. However, she goes, I had a friend that went. And she was texting me screenshots of your presentation, she said. And she's like, you need to get down here. You need to get down here. And she goes, when you posted this certain picture or something that really hit close to her heart, she knew she needed to hear it. Now, she still didn't come. She wasn't to that place in her healing where she could take that step forward yet. But I was able to send her the podcast link, right? And I was able to say, well, I guess, you know, God apparently wanted you to hear it, (laughs) you know, no matter, because look at how we, look at how we connected. And so, right. You know, I would say people have varying reasons, of course, but to me, that connection is just as important, if not more important than book sales. So if I am looking at pure PR for the purpose of book sales, then, you know, as the experts agree, and I've seen as well, your email list is absolutely the most important thing that you can do and even start on before you get a book out there in in the market. And there are ways um, that you can pay small amounts to increase your, and, and legit ways that you can increase your numbers for those. I have some websites for those, if you're interested, that's the most important thing that you can do for sales and then get out there, you know, and speak and be on the podcast and be in the media um, and all that. If your goal is more, you know, touching lives, then I would, I would say, still build your newsletter and still build your speaking opportunities and getting out there because you just never know. And you may, 
you may feel like you're not making much of a difference, but you are planting seeds. And, and that's what I've learned. I mean, there's been days I come home where I'm like, man, you know, I didn't make an impact at all in anybody's life, you know, but you don't know that because you right. might have you know, two months later, this lady call you on the phone and say, you know, I needed to hear your story. And the day after I gave that story, I did have one lady email and say, you know, I was unsure whether to fight for custody for my kids. And she goes, your story made it incredibly clear what God wants me to do. So, you know, you can't downplay that type of impact, right, in the kingdom and what God wants us, you know, to have. And those will lead to book sales as well. Absolutely, they are. And you had started to touch on developing your email list and that there's ways you can acquire email lists, but doing it the right way. That's a key thing because you can't just go out there and buy lists from people, folks, and then immediately put them into your newsletter because spam will happen. And if you're reported for that, man, you you just don't want that to happen because it'll shut you down. Is there an example of what would be the right approach compared to the wrong approach that you might be able to share with us? Yes. So correct. Do not buy a mailing list. Um, in the old days, that is what they used to do to send out those postcards that we were talking about is they buy, you know, every day buy, you know, 2000 within this certain zip code or whatever the case might be for the local furniture store. But, you know, we don't so much do that uh, anymore. So there are two sites that I use that um, are legit ways to build your website and I'm sorry to build your email subscribers. And you do have to um, pay a little bit to get those, but they've been, they've been worth it to me. And what they do is they actually have a giveaway. So they require you to give away one or two of your books to the winners. Then they have a pool of readers, thousands of readers that they send emails out to. These people enter to win and they check a box that says, I understand that I'm not only entering to win, that I'm, that I'm, also, um, I'm also subscribing to these authors' email lists. And of course, they can unsubscribe, you know, at any time. So literally, um, I use um, I use storyorigin.com. I don't use that one quite as much as I should. I'm going to work on that because we're doing newsletter swaps. And I use booksweeps.com. And for instance, booksweeps.com, I get a promo that's to my audience specifically for $50. And then at the end of the promo, I give out two books to the winners and I get a spreadsheet that literally has three, three to 400 uh, names and emails on it that I then um, ex- import into my email program. And then I do have a little bit of a drop off, but it hasn't been enough, you know, and I have had sales enough to deter me from that. Um, and then I have had sales from that. So, you know, the size of your newsletter list is important. If you get to a point where you have, you know, 20, 30, 40,000 people on your email list, you are not going to have to do as much PR and marketing because these are an active audience. They would call them a hot, you know, a hot lead um, right. that's already interested in your work, that's already loyal to you, that's already interested in your genre, that already want to buy and want you to keep, you know, keep writing. And so building that is really key. And that's something that you can start even before you've published. You can come up with a catchy tagline, like a wannabe writer or, you know, something like this, or maybe send out, you know, journal entries or something that would entice your particular audience to, to subscribe and to stick with you uh, through the publishing and the amazing news that you have coming up when you do get your books published. Very good. 
Julie, you have given us so much. This is binge worthy. Listen to it again and again and again. Appreciate you being here, sharing your wealth of information expertise in the area of PR. And I have a question that I always ask our first time guest. Do you have something that you might be able to share with us, kind of like a peek behind the personal curtain? that if we were to look at your bio, more than likely, we're not going to find it there. Is there something you could share with us that would kind of show that little human side of you? <laughs> I'm definitely human. Um, I have a, a little quirk that I can actually say the alphabet backwards. And of course, there's a story behind it. <laughs> but yeah, that's a little odd one. I get a few people that respond, they can say it back, but I find it fairly unusual. So fun fact about Julie. No, that is good. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I'm going to have you say the alphabet backwards for us. Julie, you have the floor. Oh boy, spotlight. Okay, it's D-Y-X-W-V-U-T-S-R-Q-P-O-M-N-L-K-J-I-H-G-F-E-D-C-B-A. Well, she did that like it was breathing. This is so good. I love it. And you say there's a story behind it, so I've got to hear the story. So, you know, uh, a key to memorization, you know, with your kiddos or with yourself is song. And that is the story because when I was in fourth grade, I was the lead in a musical in the Christian school I was in. And there was a song that listed the alphabet backwards. And I have never been able to forget it, (laughs) even when I've tried. So C-Y-X-W-V and it just goes on with the song. So I have forgotten many of the other songs, but that one for some reason does stick in my head. So it gives me an adult adult talent that I can I can show off once in a while. (laughs) That's good. And you're right. If we put it to music or make it a memorable song, we're going to remember it and just have fun doing it as well. So very, very good. Well, that's kind of amazing. You have any other amazing things happening to you right now? Oh, so many. Yes. I, you know, as you you kind of heard throughout the broadcast, um, I work in the domestic violence industry. So I just want to encourage anybody that Um, is out there. You know, I have been there too, um, as a believer in our stats in the faith community, unfortunately are the same as they are outside Mm. of the the faith community. So nationally, that's three in 10 women and two in 10 men that have been affected by domestic abuse. So I would encourage you to go to um, abuserecovery.org. It is, uh, has a lot of resources, even a good resource tab that has good articles. And to pursue that, to know you're not alone and not be afraid to reach out for help. I spent a lot of years being afraid to reach out and I wish I could go back and I can't, but I can encourage you to reach out because you're not alone in that. And then, yeah, secondly, I did accept a nomination for um, the president position at Oregon Christian Writers, which is our statewide Christian Writers Association. And of course, as you know already from this call, I'm quite the researcher. And so I called like 10 people who were either on the board or had been on the board or past presidents. And every single call, I prayed ahead and I said, God, please close the doors. And you're going to you're going to say, you know, that's kind of weird. Why would you ask him to close the doors and not open? And I just that's how I prayed. And that's how I find it most effective. So I said, God, you know, close the doors if this isn't supposed to be. And he didn't. He just kept opening them wider. So it still is up to the membership uh, in March who will vote on the incoming, but they are um, including me on details and decisions at this point. And I'm looking forward to being able to serve because that's one of the places where my heart is, where my heart calls is not just domestic violence, but is helping, you know, Christian writers, you know, build the, build the kingdom and get the word out. Absolutely. And we'll see what comes out of the voting. But it sounds like it's a pretty good understanding that you're going to be in that position. So 
I'm excited <laughs> for you. So glad that you're here with us as well. And I know that you have two of your books that are out and we have the links are absolutely in the show notes, Innocent Lives, Guardians of Grace, book one and Guardians of Grace, or second one is Innocent Voices, Guardians of Grace, book two. Tell us about your books, please. I, at one point in time, was one of those people that thought that human trafficking does not exist in the United States, that it was only overseas, only in third world countries. I was so naive. Um, and as I healed from my own abuse story, it just really implanted on my heart that I had to make a change in this area. And so I went off to research and I discovered that human trafficking is very, very common in all of our neighborhoods and cities and states and counties. And there's a lot of coercion even when it comes to ladies who are in a strip club and prostitutes and really really was raised and at five years old said, I want to be, I want to be a prostitute, right? That doesn't happen. It's happening because of trauma in their lives and because they don't think they're worth more than that. And, or because of coercion and manipulation, which is, you know, which is trafficking. And so the story of innocent lies built up slowly in my head, but it was, it's a journey of two gals who are actually kidnapped, which is not the most common way to be trafficked, but it does happen more and more and go on two very separate journeys. And one of them is with a very evil, bad man. And the other one is actually with a man that she kind of grows to like, who, you know, is a different survivor experience, but he's saving her from the big bad guy. And then how they are rescued and redeemed. And so that that's where that grew. And originally it was going to be a series of three, and now it has to be four because <laughs> as I write, the characters kind of write their own stories and there's there's lots to lots to catch up with. And then I also have a free gift for you guys on the call. Would you, might you be interested in hearing about that? Okay. Oh, so yes, we are. Oh yeah. 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 (laughs) All right. So I do have, and this is a recommendation for you as well, because any good PR and marketing strategy also needs to have what we call a reader magnet. And that's something that people get for free in exchange for joining your mailing list. So my free gift for you today is two free short eBooks and they are Rose and Penny, and there are two characters that are in kind of side characters in Innocent Lives. Because when I finished writing it, I had people say, what about Rose? What about Penny? You know, and their story wasn't over yet either in my mind. And so I wrote those stories for that. And you can get that for free. Again, it's only ebook, not print. But all you need to do is go to innocentjourneys.com and you can download that for free and also join my email list if you'd like to. And that's good. You know, A lot of times we'll join an email list and then we'll automatically think, well, I can opt out of it or I can unsubscribe. And I always tell people, pray about where you're going, pray about doors that God opens. And when someone gives you value, that could mean that you're to lend an ear to Mm -hmm. what else is going on. And Julie, you're here helping us in the area of public relations. You're equipping our quiver with knowledge that's going to help us selling books, being able to get out there as an author and to make a difference. And what you do behind the scene of an author, writer, is you are investing in the lives of those that may not have a voice the mm-hmm. area of abuse is something that many people will, oh, that's, that makes me uncomfortable. I don't, you know, it's, it's difficult for me. But I'll share with you folks, when it comes knocking at your door, 
you may wish that you had found out something about it before. Yes. Because it, it can be a shock when it shows up at your door and you had no idea that it was mm-hmm. as prevalent as you said, Julie, not in America. Right. Oh my goodness. Yes. Appreciate your heart, Julie. Appreciate all that you are doing. Congratulations. I'm going to say congratulations on your new presidency. I'm just going to, I'm just putting that out there. Congratulations. Call it out. Thanks, Linda. (laughs) Calling it out. That's what we're talking about here. It has been a pleasure to have you here with us. Thank you so much, Julie Bon Blank. So good to have you here with us today. And thank you, my friends, for joining us. Please take a moment, if you would, to share this podcast with another writer or two. Give us a star rating and post an episode review. I always say, you're listening to this one, post a review on it. It's in your memory and it's right in front of you. So go ahead and do that. Be sure to hit the subscribe button or it may say to follow depending on your podcasting platform. I greatly appreciate what you have to say about this program as much as what you choose to write for the kingdom. This is Linda Goldfarb, and I look forward to being here with you next time on your best writing life.